This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ, this is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Man, how awesome is my upcoming guest, Dr. Astrid Stuckelberger. Uh, you are in Geneva, is that right? Yeah, oh, in the US Switzerland. And um, you know what's great is that uh, you and I are in the same time zone. So that makes this conversation <laughs> a little bit easier to organize. <laughs> yeah, that's great. The only difference is that it's, like it's only hmm? difference is that it's winter where you are and it's summer where I am. Yeah, it's been freezing cold here, <laughs> uh, so it's very different. I have a collar neck, you know, and you're in t-shirt. Yes, <laughs> I also have a scotch. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I have a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, Astrid, um, you sure. Um, your resume is is quite impressive. I'm going to try and do the summary, and then and then you can tell me <laughs> a bit more in detail. But I mean, from from what I remember, you a health scientist. You do research training. You do teaching in um, public health uh, for a number of years. You've worked at the WHO, um, doing research in what I think you said science for politics. What does that mean? <laughs> It's funny you ask. Um, yeah, you see, science is not only uh, something for the lab or for the clinician. Mm. Uh, health science is also outside the hospital, outside of medicine, outside of the lab. It is what is going on with the health of the population. Are they feeling good? What are the factors mm. of good health? What are the factors of longevity? This is one topic that I have extensively studied and published a lot in French. English is coming more now. But um, so it is not only, and this is exactly what we're living now. Mm. Life is not about disease. Life is about health. It is about well-being. It is about happiness, which is a health factor. Mm. It is about mental health, social health, environmental health what you drink, what you eat. Um, in, in science, it's called, uh, there are more and more new sciences, and this is called epigenetics. It's not only about DNA. It's not only about determination of your genes. It's about how you express the genes, and that's called epigenetics. And uh, that's a fantastic science. So it's, uh, yeah, it's and part of what I'm doing. But, oh, answer your question. Mm. So politicians take decisions on health and on disease based on scientific methodology. And if you can prove that something is bad for the population, because we are paying them and they are, you know, we are electing them in mm. principle, then they should do the best for us. Like in a family, you know, you say to the leader, is it the man, the woman? Okay, we are giving you money and the responsibility, please take care of us, like a child, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, That's what it, I've done a lot. Fascinating. And, and you've also, I mean, you've published what nine or ten books. Uh, you've you've uh, also published what like 170 scientific articles. You've done policy papers, uh, yeah. governmental um, articles. You've worked with the European Commission, UN reports. I mean, your resume is. Still do. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> your your resume is. <laughs> I have, I've just uh, assessed three research projects for the yes. European Union and for the Austrian government on innovation in health. Fascinating. And what is your background, Astrid? <laughs> um, so I started. I actually was very interested to be a medical anthropologist, and this did not exist uh, in Switzerland. So I uh, resorted to go into biology. And then I, I really liked genetics, but I got really bored with chemi chemistry. So yeah, I, I changed, mean, and I went. Yeah, I mean, to as you do, you get very <laughs> bored with chemistry. I can I can fully understand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, genetics was not uh, very developed at that time. Now it's it's really very interesting, uh, but you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was all about determination and we're starting to find out. So I realized that we were going to have a lot of time, you know, to develop that. So I was very interested in the difference between cultures and uh, space, time. And uh, what? so I thought, okay, some friends of mine said, come to psychology. There are courses in cross-cultural health, uh, mental health, psychology. So I went into psychology and I studied a lot uh, that mental health and media psychology. So I ended up in WHO doing my master degree on a cross-cultural diagnosis in mental health. And that is where I started to get into medicine very heavily and in the United Nations. So I was, um, yeah, I was 28 when I went to WHO. You're not from Switzerland though, aren't you? Are you? <laughs> Uh, not uh, completely genetically. No, my mom is a Norwegian, and I speak uh, Norwegian. I mean, scientifically, I prefer to speak um, English because I was raised in, you know, bilingual English, French, mm. a bit of Norwegian, and a bit of German. And you see that my my poster. Where is it? Here. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that I see it there. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I I, do, I really feel international, you know, very much. Just, citizen of the world. Just off topic, have you been to South Africa? Yes, twice. I've been to Durban for uh, the World Conference on Blindness, Fight Against Blindness. Mm. It was a pretty big, and I was a keynote there uh, talking about public health also. Okay, wow. Um, so it was uh, very interesting, beautiful. I, I'm, then I was in... Hmm? No, I'm sorry to in hear that... Oh, Johannesburg. Oh, uh, gee. So you've chosen yeah. two terrible places to visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I went to a park. Uh, I, I, it was a very nice, uh, small... Um, I, went, I went on holiday for a while in your, your beautiful nature. Well, when I you was with South Africa. Well, I'm glad you've been here. But when you come next, you must come to Cape Town. Skip Durban and skip Johannesburg. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, I heard Cape Town is beautiful. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, okay, Astrid, what... Okay, so hang on. I, I want to ask you very basic questions because I know you're a scientist and it's easy to get caught up in the technical stuff. Now, and remember that I'm not a scientist and neither, okay. neither are most of my audience. So you, you've got to keep it fairly simple, to, at least in the beginning. Let's start, sure. let's start here. What is the WHO and what is its function or its purpose? Okay. That's good. Um, okay, so all of you know the United Nations. Mm. United Nations, uh, because uh, WHO is a part of the United Nations Agency and Specialized Program. Uh, well, uh, let me start with that. Yeah. WHO is the World Health Organization. Its mandate is to take care of the health of the population in the world 
in a coordinated way. Because there are 194 member states in WHO sure. meeting every uh, May for two weeks. So you have a delegation from South Africa, delegation from um, you know the U.S., Russia, Japan, small islands. Um, they come to Geneva and they discuss the strategic plan on, of health. The agenda of the program was decided like there was a program between 2014 and 2020. So this was a program going on and people came to make the assessment or this international health regulation to manage pandemics that was on the agenda since 2005, I would say. And then it was voted in in 2008, no, in 2005. And then in 2008, it was implemented and every state since then, for example, have met uh, in the two last um, weeks of May. They discussed uh, how to work together how to uh, collaborate between countries if there is a virus, etc. For example, they also take care of social determinants of health, access to health, uh, the right to health, um, medicines, of course. It's a small part <laughs> of the system. So it is like a family of all the countries in the world coming together and they are delegating the headquarters, Geneva, the way to uh, help manage their health system because every country has a different health system and in this health system you have formal care the hospital the doctors and you have informal care access to care community care especially in Africa there's a lot of very efficient community is care you know health care centers primary health care centers for example so this is WHO. Then you have an executive board meeting every January. It's a small group of countries that change every year and they decide decisions. So I'll just give one more and then you can ask the next question. Mm, no, that's fine. Uh, so, uh, so WHO is a very important agency because it has different departments and uh, the programs are set depending on the priorities disease, the burden of disease, it's called the report, and the funding also goes earmarked diseases in the world that have to be tackled. Um, so, for example, um, if you have uh, the blindness, for example, it was a problem because uh, they were cutting off down uh, blindness here, glaucoma there, instead of saying there is eye disease, we need to get funding for eye disease, uh, you know, for yeah, sight, uh, vision. I know the head of the department, um, Reznikov, who, who invited me to Durban, and he always said, agenda is not always very fair because it, there's a politics in this and the budget is decided depending on how you cut, you make the cut between the diseases. So this is the way they do departments and um, they do the topics that are of most interest. So you have a department of mental health always you had the Department of Vision 2020, and they have unfortunately made it very small now. There's, for example, a Department of Traditional Medicine, a Department of Health System, of uh, Health in Action, of uh, Pandemic Emergency and Response, and many others. 
So environment health, very important. Social determinants and environment health. That's also a topic I, I was collaborating with. So that, that's WHO, but WHO is just one agency of many other agencies of the United Nations that meet in New York in um, September every year. And, I mean, by the sounds of it, it you know, it's, yeah. it's, it sounds good. I mean, why would anybody have a problem with it? Yeah, uh, I agree because when, when I started uh, in mental health division with um, uh, Dr. Norman Sartorius, I, I was fascinated. I thought, this is fantastic. It is noble. It's a fantastic vision to want to, you know, bring the health of people uh, mm. in the world have access for everyone from the child to the old person from the disabled to the mental um, mentally disabled and everybody has a chance and everybody has a solidarity so it's it's a very noble the united nation is a very noble idea um lately lately maybe it's been that i, I really see that the more it became global with technology the more new partners, new uh, players in WHO started to have uh, more power than they are supposed to have. I'll tell you one thing. You see, um, everybody probably knows what's an NGO, a non-governmental organization. You know, uh, if, if you're a militant for women, you know, or you have a small organization and or f food for all or shelters, you go and you give to people food and says your association locally. The international level, there is also um, NGOs, and they can be accredited to the United Nations. So, for example, I represent since more than 20 years uh, two NGOs, scientific, accredited to the United Nations. Beside uh, other NGOs, um, for example, Food for All or or um, uh, um, uh, Doctors Without Borders or others, you know, there are about, in Durban, there were many about blindness. So there are international players that come to Geneva, where WHO is as the headquarters. It's it's like a 15 minutes walk from where I live. <laughs> so uh, those NGOs can come and sit, if they uh, comply with the requirement, they can come and sit in meetings, and they can discuss and change the agenda or influence the agenda. This is really nice. That was really a, a success. It's civil society participating to the world and saying, listen, here there's not enough women, or here there is not enough children voice or old people voice. That's, you know, two subjects, women and old people or old women that I really was involved in. And, and so you can really influence. That, that was what it was before. Yeah. Now, what has happened is that more and more big players took the seat of the small players and the agenda has been cut off since I would say 10 years. For example, we had a conference of NGOs, it's Congo, it was called, and it was in New York and in Geneva, it was in that with my NGOs. And uh, we were, it was dis dismantled uh, about 10 years ago, there was really a fight to put down NGOs, not give them access to the conferences. i give you an example. Women. <laughs> I was vice president of the Committee 
of women NGO accredited to the U United Nations. We were supposed to do the 2015 World Assembly on Women every 20 years. The first one was in Beijing. We, we, it never happened because mm. there was really a fight against the agenda of civil society. So who took the place? And that's where it becomes crusty. <laughs> is what's going on now? I can see much better now. Mm. That there has been a strategic infiltration of the big players with conflict of interests, like like Gabby, like um, Find, who is selling diagnoses, mm. uh, like players that say they are the alliance of health systems, but they are based in the UK and. You look at what they're doing, and you're not very happy of you know of which voices they're taking. You see, <laughs> their governments, civil society, and then the countries are lost because the big NGOs are taking over globally, technologically. They are, they are building up the system in a reverse way, I think. Because there's why? a lot of conflict of interest. Why? Why is this happening? Do you think is it because they've got a lot of money? One is money, the other is technology. I and mean, I'm for technology, you know, if it helps, of course, you know, we, we live better. Uh, and um, a lot of researchers um, have said that, you know, the world is going much better, health is better, access to girls to school, to women, um, the health in general is better, access to money, poverty eradication is better. So, w what has happened is that. Some people uh, have used technology to control assets, control mm. people, control um, the world, and some have gone a bit too far because what happens is health has become diminished and now we are talking about disease and treatment. Mm. This is where I got pretty upset when I saw what happened last year and this year, that we are only talking about disease. And that's why I say very uh, cynically that it's the World Health Disease Organization, the World Disease Organization, rather the World Health Organization at the moment, because all you hear is that they are selling a test and they're selling a vaccine. And they are, they are uh, banishing the treatments that work, like hydroxychloroquine for people. You know, so th there is a game there that is very unhealthy when you analyze what's going on compared to 10 years ago. Astrid, what, what led you to start talking about this? Because obviously, you know, um, if you look on Google now, your name pops up as a whistleblower and this kind of thing. What does, what does yeah. all of that mean? Because, look, let's be honest. The last yes. year has been very strange right around the world has been extremely strange there there's stuff that's going on that doesn't make any sense um and there are so many so many conflicting stories everywhere um somebody like you who's very close to the action um be, you know gets gets very interesting because you are right there you've got a very good idea of what's going on as you said you've got a you've got an organization that's got very noble goals it sounds like you're saying it's starting to become corrupted. Yeah. It might have been corrupted already. It is visible now. You see, I saw some things that were 
contradictory, but I thought, okay, it's humans, you know. Um, what happened a year ago, no, first I have to make a step back. I worked uh, and I have posted the reference letters on my website because, of course, um, one who wants to debate with everybody and have a clear picture because I teach this and I am like, this is something wrong here. So um, I was involved in teaching and training the preparedness to pandemics mm. in 2009 to 2012 with WHO in Geneva and in Lyon. I was um, with Victoria University and with Georgetown University and I was for the University of Geneva. So it was a very good match. We worked very well together to design. Um, maybe I have uh, an English version. You see, uh, it was called the International Health Organization. Let me get. <laughs> I should have prepared this. Uh, it's. it's uh, you see, it's it's like this. I can show that to people. Mm. <laughs> it was um, International Health Regulation Implementation Course. I, it was IHR. A course online. Yeah, IHR. International regulation, how to manage a pandemic, the rules. Uh, you know, you have to notify your neighbor that there is a Ebola virus. You have to tell your neighbor so that there is no um, health security for the nation, but in a good way. So WHO is supposed to coordinate this. So they were training country, country um, focal points and um, regional WHO offices. <laughs> regional offices and um, epidemiological um, centers. Uh, they were doing the exercise, like, for example, um, that was one exercise that I had to uh, mm. implement with them, is to say, if a pandemic came, can you make a poster of the health system? And how would you act? Who would you communicate first? Who would uh, you um, ask to action a plan of um, confinement just locally or mm. make an action that is carved, designed for, you know, Durban or for Cape Town or for a small village, but not standardize exactly the opposite what they did, not to just standardize and say, everybody locked down, everybody masks, everybody censored. <laughs> one voice, one dictatorship. <laughs> I mean, that's really disturbing. me. Yeah. So, I mean, how powerful is the WHO now? I mean, with its member states, is it very powerful? Is if, if the WHO makes a recommendation, must the member states adhere to them? That's where I'm puzzled because that's where it's very contradictory with 10 years or five years ago or before this pandemic. Before, and what we have been teaching is that, and that was why the International Health Regulation was updated in 2005 is because SARS-CoV-1 happened and uh, Mrs. Brundtland, who was the Director General Norwegian, stopped it in a few months and there were much, not much deaths and not panic that we had this year. Well, that was good, but what is happening now is that, um, what was your question? <laughs> I was kind of went sidetracked. No, no, <laughs> no. Please, please go on. Don't, don't, don't worry. Um, um, I was just asking how powerful the WHO is oh, with yeah. regards to the <laughs> to the member states. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but you know, I, I went on a, my travel on another route. Yeah. So the power <laughs> that she had there, this director general, was to ask those who had started the virus, uh, to they, they were the one blamed. 
he said to China at that time, it's your fault you did not communicate to us in time. And she said that to the whole world. And she was clear she was doing um, transparent communication, ethical, caring for people, etc. Now, the power they have, and nobody has to do it, but those who have the strain, beginning of the case zero, and we never found the case zero in this case, um, they are the center of what is happening. Then you just take it as the center and you, you try and focus on this. You're not going to force everybody to apply the same measures. No, it's every country decide. And this is why one country would do this, another country would do that. Uh, you know, it makes sense. We, they, um, but that hasn't happened. Seems, Sorry. No, it has not happened. That's what is very strange. Everybody, the same message in the shops, in the airplanes. One thing that never happened is to stop completely airplane traffic, traffic you know. This, as much as this has never happened in the history of WHO and in the world. Many things have never happened worldwide like that. Because information was given from WHO and from the media, AFP, Reuters, AP, and they were dribbling down same information everybody. This is where it becomes suspicious. So, Astrid, so like all these mitigation measures from curfews to uh, travel bans to uh, all these lockdown things, these all come from the WHO. Well, you see, it is difficult because to say that, yes, uh, because um, they are posting um, evidence policymakers like I have always been doing for, for the politicians or policymakers but there they have put information for choice but the choice taken was always the same by countries and I just don't understand I'm like why it has never happened like this curfew is one of the last thing that the whole population it has never happened a, a whole country go through curfew you know we i um invited uh, professor muyembe from uh, kinshasa who's a well-known in who ebola and uh i asked him we will i can show you the video and you can post it he, he's fantastic and he said but you cannot do curfew here people live outside you're never going to manage this this is exactly the point of who every country does is geography as the population is you don't need to do curfew. You see, some lands where there is no, there is, there is no pandemic, there is no epidemic, you don't need to do it. And if you look at the data, and that's where we're coming, and it's becoming really a big thing. There is not more mortality rate to 20 than in the previous years. So what, what it shows is that the measures taken have been completely extreme because it was a flu. It was okay. There was something serious, but this coronavirus mutates a lot. And so WHO knows this because they already had a SARS-CoV-1. They never found vaccine since 20 years. So how can they find a vaccine now in three months? It's impossible. So we have a history there. We have SARS-CoV-1. It has been well respected, the people had their own decision making. This time when you compare the two, 
even with MERS, which is also a coronavirus, the situation has changed completely. You, you can see that, right? So what's going on? <laughs> uh, well, I have a, my critical analysis. Appreciate that. I yeah, I, un <laughs> I understand that there is, you know, we call that the empty curve. It's a curve with every flu. Uh, you have flus in the in the uh, your winter too, don't you? Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, no, flu, no. Right. We had we had no flu last year. It's gone. Yeah, because it was COVID. But now you have no flu anymore because everything is blamed COVID. on COVID nineteen, which is not uh, scientifically correct. Mm. See, I can explain to you after. But you you have um, regular flus in the winter. Yes. Yes. It's, it's linked to the winter season, right? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes. It's it's everywhere like that. So, see, common sense shows you that every year everybody can have a flu, and that's what happened. It's not more death, but it was more spectacular. And the the media and WHO played the role to exaggerate completely the data. How did they manage this? Through a test. You did you also apply the PCR test? Yes. Okay. Now, yes. you imagine this, this is unprecedented in the history of WHO. So, this, the first point is that the PCR test, the inventor said that this test cannot make any diagnosis. WHO has posted, in, embedded in its website, um, case diagnosis, uh, definition, and for the laboratories. So you see, it is embedded. But in this document that I, you can go, I can, you know, I have distributed it, and I can, I can give you the link. It is written that you can, uh, you can. It is suggested that countries can uh, use the PCR with the validation of a doctor, with the validation or ELSA and other tests. Yeah. But it is not an obligation. The obligation is to inform WHO, but the obligation is not to vaccinate or to apply a PCR test. But that's not what's happening. No, it's, that's why it's a very important question that you ask. Uh, should everybody have the same, has a choice, every country, or don't they have a choice? Yes, it's a democracy. So the member states in the United Nations have a choice listen and to apply their way if, mm. if you if you have um you live in the mountains and there are very few people living in the mountains area you're not going to apply uh, a decision of who the same way as when you're in the small islands and or uh, a city it's not the same health system this is not normal you, you see because they have applied and said to everybody the same it's not documented scientifically. So first, first, I can tell you, the first thing, I can make a graphic and tell you, is that the, the, this virus has been not been analyzed as normally we do with the postulate of Koch, where you go and sequence the genome very precisely, phase one, the closest to your case, then you say, okay, there's this strain, this strain, this strain, and we know this is the genome that creates these symptoms. They did not do that. 
then you know also when you do the postulate of Koch because you have to isolate the virus you can also analyze the contagiousness you know is, is this going to make other people sick if I am not sick have you asked yourself the question if, if you're not sick are you contagious did you ask yourself a qu this question yeah and it doesn't make any sense I've never I've whenever I went to a doctor they would look yeah. for, the, my doctor would look for symptoms and if I had no symptoms I wasn't sick Exactly. That's correct. This is the common sense and this is mm. medicine. It's the science of medicine. There is no symptomatic unhealthy. I mean, if you don't have a symptom, you're not sick. <laughs> I mean, you can be can be cooking something, but the, you're, you're not contagious because you don't have a flu. They have made everybody believe that you can be contagious if you're healthy. So there is no norm of healthy. Everybody has to prove that you are healthy. If you go and see your grandmother, you have to prove to her you're healthy. <laughs> and then she has to prove to you that she's healthy. <laughs> so it's it's the wrong way around. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, I've I've participated in a film that is going to be now in English called Hold Up, Hold Up. <laughs> um I said in that that it is um merchants of you know if if you are put yourself in the skin it's very difficult to do that but someone who is very greedy wants to make money mm. they want to sell vaccine and they want to sell their own uh, PCR test their treatment their swabs in the nose which doesn't make sense either it's never been done in the history of humankind only in animals you know so you want to sell. You're, you're a group of people who said, we're going to make money. We're going to put shareholders on the vaccine A, B, C. It's all ours because we bought all the patents. Mm. You're, you're going to sell the disease. So you're going to make people believe they need your product. So the logic is that it's better that we make you feel sick because then you're going to come and, and get our... That's the first thing, the treatment and the, the vaccine. It's never happened before such an logic uh, um, in the brain of people uh, something that has never happened that you're sick when you're not sick you're going to contaminate your grandmother when we know children don't contaminate in the studies that I have looked at uh, that this virus is mutating already 1500 times so it's not the same so it has nothing to do with, with the, what we're living now has nothing to do with what happened in the flu last year. So this is also very logic. On the opposite, the vaccine is known to recontaminate people because you use a virus, the antibodies to react. You know, you put a virus, a, a small the virus, and then the body says, no, 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 I don't want. I want to do antibodies. And this is proven in Israel where they they vaccinated heavily. 11% are reinfected with different strains that were not there before. Like we know this from the history of vaccines that it's not very safe always. So that's, that's for me the worst. The worst is the vaccine. It's really we're coming. It's like a bioweapon. I mean, I, I really, it, it not, has not even been studied in animals. We have merged phase one and phase two. We have no results. Uh, don't get that. I mean, why would you get a vaccine for a strain that is not there anymore? 
make believe people that their body cannot make antibodies anymore. You know, when you have a flu, you're a child, you build antibodies, but you too, the last flu you had, you have built antibodies. So you're healthy, it's like muscles. You build your muscles. If you're not uh, confronted to uh, viruses, you, you don't live with your biotop. So, but see, the whole medicine has to be re um, reassessed and put back into place. It, it is completely out of place. We're schizophrenic. <laughs> but I mean, okay, so Astrid, that's leading me very quickly into my next question. Um, mm -hmm. What is Gavi? And uh -huh. and what is Bill Gates's connection? Because his name keeps coming up all the time, everywhere, daily. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's true. In, uh, in Cape Town, too? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah in, always. His name keeps okay. coming up. So what is Gavi okay. and what is his connection to the WHO um, and, of course, to these vaccines? Okay, so Bill Gates is selling computers. Basically, he's not a doctor. He's not a health specialist. But I, I just want to put him back into his seat, you know. Mm. <laughs> he is obsessed with um, computers and microchips and stuff like that. Okay, now, he has spoken very openly in TED Talks about a pandemic plan, about control of the population. It's very near to eugenism, you know, that it, it, it's obvious. It's on the internet. That's the first thing. I, I want to talk of the individual person. Mm. You can look at him, profile him, look at him. It's a very strange personage. <laughs> and he definitely was there to sell uh, Microsoft. He made millions with that. I have never analyzed how he did that, but <clears throat> what happened, I, I, I will help people to understand. Bill Gates is just the name of a man. He, he was married, uh, uh, he is married, I don't know, with Melinda Gates. Both together have started to build an empire of different um, or organisms, organizations, and under those organizations, they have collected a lot of money. They have vaccinated a lot of people. No, um, Robert um, Robert Kennedy in the United States has been a very uh, vocal person who documented very well. I've seen many programs. I was showing my my students uh, about how vaccines in Bangladesh, in India, has killed a lot of people has also made autism and, and many problems because you don't know what is in the vaccine. It's not always uh, as pure as one thinks it is. This is the first thing we should do is look at what's in the vaccine and personalize with your body. What does your body need? And it's not done. Anyway, so first thing is he has started to go on the agenda of health and of vaccine. Why? Because he saw that there's immense a return on investment. Just give a little shot like that, everybody, and you get billions back. So he has made, you know, I have analyzed a little bit, and actually, Gavi is Global Alliance of Vaccine Initiative. He, he has funded, he also has, uh, let me just make a few pictures before we go into that. That's one organization in Geneva. 
who has a big building is a NGO, a non-governmental organization that from a small became huge. And I'll come back to that about how immune they are and they can do what they want and they don't have a state of NGO anymore. Uh, so he has this. Then um, he did the Melinda Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And this foundation has made extensive agreements with the countries in the world. I'm pretty sure you can go and look in in uh, South Africa at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have given money to many organizations, right? Yeah. You, did you find that? Yes. Uh, yeah. And he funds, he funds one of our, well, he funds a, a lot of stuff here, actually, yes. A lot of medical stuff, strangely enough. So, so you ha it's like someone, I mean, saying this openly so that everybody can go and make their thesis on it mm. when study it themselves. Go and look what Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has done, who has funded them, and what agreement they did with the countries, with the governments. Same with Gavi. You will find out they have made under those two names very different montage, and they have um, made more than that. Uh, Gavi, because after that they start, okay, Bill and Melinda Gates are going there, they're going there, they're going to the World Economic Forum of Davos. They are involved in a lot of stuff. We should do a mapping, you know, of the little bubbles he's in. It's Im immense. Now, Gavi, and I don't think I'm going to give you a scoop because I don't think many people know this. Because I, I have been a consultant for the World Bank when it was um, James Wolfenson, the, the, the president, who was a very good person. He did a lot, you know, for the development in the world. Mm. He was trying to bring uh, the faith and development networks and religions to work with him on the eradication of poverty. And uh, he did a lot of good initiatives. And I'm sure now he passed away last year. I'm sure he will. He must turn in his uh, <laughs> in his body, saying, "What is going on?" What happened when after he stepped down? Is that they did um, Gavi. I think it was Wolfowitz. Yeah, he took over, and they created an organization called uh, World Bank and Gavi Agreement for something called the IFFM, International Finance Facility for Immunization. International Finance Facility for Immunization, IFFM. You can find it, and they have made a huge agreement that Gavi receives money from countries. Can you imagine? So this means that Gavi is not financed by the Bill Gates Foundation. It is financed by our tax. That's very going, clever. It's very clever. Going to countries and then countries are paying without us knowing. The World Bank and the World Bank is giving to Gavi. There's something really fishy there. I'm not an, an economist. But I, I will invite anyone listening. Go and look very deeply into this. So, so now I, you have Gavi mingling with countries uh, no to, uh, you know it's even more so you have Gavi mingling with the World Bank get the money and it's probably distributing it and you have to find out then you have uh, Gavi signing with the governments they are responsible about choosing the treatment of people for 
pandemics and for vaccines. So <laughs> this, I mean, this is a huge conflict of interest. And you, 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 and just to confirm what you're saying, I mean, I've got lots yeah. of people messaging me now saying that yeah. um, uh, the Gates Foundation certainly does fund a lot of our medical stuff, including some of our major uh, medical experts who are advising our government. Um, and in actual fact, I have an email, um, Astrid, um, from one of our one of our main scientists who's advising our government. And in the email thread, he openly states that he's funded by the Gates Foundation as well as the WHO. Um, so okay. that so that that kind of plays now into what you're saying. Yeah, it is because actually Switzerland has also signed a contract between WHO, Gavi, and uh, Swiss government. And I, I have denunciated that is conflict of interest totally because um, WHO is member states. So how can a coalition of 194 countries sign a contract with a country? So it is totally absurd. And so what it means, and it's the, I'm trying to find a logic behind what we're seeing, because obviously we're not understanding everything. You know that there has been now more and more evidence that, you know, as a scientist, I'm always careful not to affirm anything. It's a hypothesis. There's more and more evidence that a corporation has been created above United Nations corporation that is highly financed by themselves because they have financed themselves in so many years taking money from everybody but um, this coalition of the very few there uh, partly is the city of London, Washington and some say the Vatican like there has been a um, corporate um, agreement in United States um, to have uh, <laughs> have this corporation and the CEO was the president of United States is documented so I invite everybody to go and see Colombia state has never been American it's a international state and if you have a flag in the United States with the fringe yellow fringe it means that a foreign uh, power is occupying your territory and you can look President Trump has always had the flag with the fringes on. And even when he went to France, the French flag had fringes on. And what I can start seeing as a logic is that all those countries obeying to a corporation, our tax might not be going just our country, not to just our government, you see? Because if you take a chain reaction, what is Bill Gates, what other agreement has Bill Gates made with countries put them at his feet because that's what's happening. He has made it with the World Bank, so he has signed. The World Bank is countries. So he has put the countries under his um, his power by signing agreements with big organizations of countries. Are you, are you suggesting that Bill Gates has the power of a country? <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> He, he certainly believes he has more than that because multinationals in general, multinationals believe they are stronger because they earn more money than some countries. So, you know, we have Nestle uh, and, and Gavi is a multinational. 
because it's making business uh, and multinationally. So what he did in WHO, that's, I was in front of the executive board when it happened, and I had my colleagues from WHO, I, I was expert there, telling me that Bill Gates had asked to be like a member state, which means, <laughs> like Dr. Fulmish, um <laughs> colleagues said, oh, he tried to be uh, uh, Gatistan, <laughs> the new country, <laughs> Gatistan. I really like that. So he, he wanted, he got voted against being part of the executive board, but he got voted in to be a formal, um, how you call that, a formal uh, organization in re international relation with WHO. Him, Bill Gates. A, yeah, Bill Gates, uh, Gavi. Because when you talk about Bill Gates, there's Gavi, there's the foundation, uh, there's the IFFM, it's, it's, uh, it's a jungle. He is a person used the word Gavi, maybe other things, we don't know everything because I haven't found the minutes clearly say that. Mm. But I know that he is in official relation at the highest level with WHO. So in other words, he, he can pull the strings at the WHO. No, the lobby in the United Nations and WHO um, goes through countries. If you have a player that pays people to comply with what he does, it is the human factor coming in. Is he going to give in to money or to the population protection? Money. So I. <laughs> yeah, it's the golden. Um, you no, know, in the Bible, there's the golden uh, veil. The mm. how you say. Le, le vaudor, we say in French. Yeah, they chose the money instead of the people. But it's not only that. Because there's also a lot of corruption going on, and some people have been trapped in a blackmailing. Because they know they were, you know, into pedophilia, and they're holding them in under that, saying, if you don't do what we tell you, we will denunciate you, or we will kill your family. So we've had witnesses saying that. And um, there's a lawyer in the United States called Linwood. Linwood has um, disclosed that uh, op openly. So what? It's it, so. Hang on, hang on, hang on, Astrid. So what you, what it sounds like you're saying is that Bill Gates has got a phenomenal, or at least Gavi, his organization, has got a phenomenal influence over the decision making now within the WHO. In other words, he's more powerful yes. almost than the WHO. Yes, but it's it's not so visible. Right. It, it is. I'll tell you why it is. There is something that I disclosed also with Dr. Filmish. It's the, the agreement he has in Switzerland is total immunity. You know, when you have ambassadors in the United Nations, they have a diplomatic passport. You know, ask them. They can go through the line with their suitcase. Nobody will watch and look at their suitcase. They have a um, percentage of immunity, but not total. Right. Bill Gates had, I mean, Gavi has total immunity, which means that if there is a crime that happened uh, in their building, they can, nobody can get in. Nobody, not even the police. No. no it's total immunity. The police cannot come in, cannot come and take their computer, are totally protected by law. Plus, they don't pay any tax. This guy makes loads of money and he doesn't contribute 
to uh, the society where he lives in because he's using the water, he's using the land, he's using... So if you think about, you know, the logic of citizenship and democracy, he's not obeying but, people. But why, would, but why would Gavi have total immunity? Why? Uh, I don't know. To smuggle in his vaccines? I don't know. He's, he's, he's maybe smuggling in the gold and in the Swiss secret banking thing. Yeah, I don't know. I have many so, hypotheses. Total he immunity. Can do anything. So total uh, immunity. Yeah, organ trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's written. He, they can not arrest him. So it means he's higher in Switzerland. I mean, if you take it logically as a systemic approach, you have a very strong hypothesis that he has he has a higher position in Switzerland. He's not only a multinational. He is um, juridically, legally higher because he, he has total... There is something that is not logic with our way of thinking of a government. And you see Switzerland is like in, in South Africa, I guess, they're obeying the uncertainty and the contradictions all the time, the same message everywhere. And they're coming in, they're lobbying and thing. And I know here because University of Geneva, Lausanne, the hospital of Geneva, Lausanne, University of have received massive amount of money and they're promoting vaccine and they are forbidding debates debates you know i'm a contradictory voice so they that's why they say i'm a whistleblower but i'm just giving another opinion they call this whistleblowing because nobody else is speaking up except uh, you know on your channels and and uh, you know but astrid you're not i mean obviously people now will write articles and say you're lying or you're making things up Okay, can go and verify. See, I'm I'm careful because I I give clues. I say go and find out your journalists of investigation. Go and find out. Even if I know more, I uh, I mean, or I have papers, they can find the same papers. Mm. Everything is in front of your nose. Yes. You see, this is what is absolutely incredible. So arrogant. Speaking of it's, the speaking of Gates and his obsession yeah. with vaccines, um, do you know about his DTP v- vaccine? Uh, that that he pushed into Africa that I believe killed ten times more is it babies African babies or African baby girls I, f- if I forget the story now. Uh, I don't know in details, but I know he has a lot of um, deaths on his hands. And of course, because Not only in Africa, in in many countries, I think even in India they wanted to hang him up. You know, he was he made so much disastrous um, facts. You see, it is not publicized and mm. it means that we are political citizens in the world. That's why I'm speaking because I have the right to speak and to mm. say my opinion and we are censored, which means that we are under a dictatorship. Because if you don't have free speech, it's a sign of a dictatorship. So as long as we have this means that the power has not changed to something more normal and then everything will come out because it's not coming out this is why journalists are paid to be silenced mm. and i know some doctors who say to me that i cannot tell their name and not because otherwise they will lose their job for each vaccine they are paid so they are paid by the vaccine each time they have an injection ding ding money falls down if if they knew that this vaccine can be lethal, it can kill people, 
in six months, in one year, they, they would cry their tears down because it's not their mission. So they're selling something that is experimental. So, See? yeah, and, and as you said, Gavi is completely untouchable. So yeah. he, he can, in a sense, do whatever he wants. Astrid... It, is he in, uh, he's probably in South Africa too, right? Definitely. Well, he has a massive influence here. Yeah, he's got a big... Ah, well, I don't know if he lives here at any point, but, you know, who knows? uh, I mean, uh, he must have an office. He he must be very well organized and... I'm sure. It's it's a work to do because I think mapping is the first thing to do. You know, I'm I'm sure some of the military Mm. uh, know very well what's going on. I've got a few comments here, and someone says that... um, (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like he's essentially bought the WHO or bought Switzerland. So there are two, yeah, there are two options. Either he bought, uh, wait, uh, let me think about this. <laughs> because you know that either he bought, either he did two other things, he, he uh, blackmailed, blackmailed some of the people in the government um, or the other version, which I think is becoming more and more, uh, more crazy option, but I think it's the only, is that there is a government above the government. They are tied down by an agreement that exists, and I don't know where is this. Oh, yeah, I, I heard one thing is that, you know, this corporation I talked to you about, 1871, but I think it existed before. Um, Switzerland is registered as business corporation in Brussels since 2014. The country. Yes. So, it's I have a it's an inside information I had from us to get the documents. So what I'm saying there is that if Switzerland did it, a lot of other countries did it. But where would where would South Africa be registered as a business? As far as I know, South Africa is registered as a business or as a corporation. Where? Um, I don't know where, but I'm sure somebody in the comments uh, who, who are watching now will, will find that out. But I, okay, have, I have heard more than once that South Africa is registered as a corporation. Okay, so this is the clue, you see? This is, if you find this and every country does their work, we will find the same governance. Bill Gates is in that governance. Maybe the World Economic Forum also. Maybe the others that have already been there in the Second World War are doing exactly the same. Mm. Same propaganda, same experimental on human beings, mm. same, you know, genocide organized, I mean, possibly. And I hope not, but, you know, with the vaccine that it will go. But, doubts. but if you can um, find this out, uh, what, what is, because the African Union is based in Addis Abeba, no? Yes. Isn't it? So maybe it's there. Um, because so, uh, you see, uh, we we have the European Union, and if we regi- maybe it was registered in the city of London, and because mm. of Brexit, they had to change to Brussels in 2014. It's my hypothesis. Mm. So I, this means every country ha- has it. They took time. They managed now to make probably. Almost so, every country. Like. So I've just received a comment saying that South Africa is registered as a corporation um, on the SEC, which stands for the Securities Exchange Commission. Where is that? Um, where is that located? Uh, I'm not certain, 
but it I'm sure I'm sure we'll I, I, I can't Google right now while I'm talking to you yeah, but yeah, I'm sure but, but I'm sure somebody will while, it's while very we're talking interesting. Um, that's but, really interesting. but but Astrid how does while we're waiting for someone to just quickly check that for me mm-hmm. how does this relate to this pandemic all of this that you're saying now how does it how does it fit in or slot into this pandemic um because it it sounds as if that there's a lot of um well obviously misinformation but it sounds like there's a lot of planning other 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 motives um it doesn't sound like a normal virus outbreak that's just natural yeah some have said that um covid19 is just an excuse to divert people from the financial reset or you know they talk about mm. this so i look at this carefully but what worries me with the covid19 mm. is the effect it has on people in the world it, it is unprecedented it, it and it's like if you have uh, different populations today but those who believe the lie and they wear the mask and they take the vaccine and they obey like soldiers to a government that's trying to really put them you know I don't want to say the word but it's a crime against humanity really um, so there, there's all the, this population that is really obeying the rhetoric because just to tell you wearing a mask was it has been documented scientifically by an article wrote, written by also Fauci. <laughs> he was the last author that the um, Spanish flu were more deaths from yep. the mask wearing with the pneumonia, bacteria pneumonia, mm. than, than because of the pandemic. It's exactly what's happening now. He published that so in two thousand and nine, I think. Hey? Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah, mm. I saw. Uh, yeah, I saw eight, but it could be nine. Now, when you go and look for the the article i was trying to send it to to someone the other day it's very difficult to find before it was very easy and you have all the um, afp check you know associated press Mm. check they say this is a wrong article (laughs) so you see the fight of communication is there there is really a will intentional will disinform people put them in a box if they die they don't care Mm. annihilate power of people whether it is physical mental spiritual know that astrazeneca is is if you decode the name it means kill the stars zeneca is kill the stars astra is a star z in the middle and neca is kill in latin or romanian moderna if you take the vaccine moderna it's called mode rna the mode RNA is that you switch on the mode that you want in a computer. So there is, they know very well what they're doing. <laughs> Almost like an operating system. Yes. You see, that's another thing. We have some, you know, I, I see some scientists telling me, and I know that uh, first the genome, when you study it clearly, it's been patented. Then the virus, what is inside the virus, inside the swab you know they put in your nose at the end it destroys one of the most sensitive part of your body which is very near the brain near the the nerve goes to the brain the emotion cognition memory it affects because 
they have found some particles at the end of those swabs. So this you can all control. Where are they done? What is on the swab? Is it some nanotechnology that we don't know? Nothing has been controlled scientifically at the international level. Neither the PCR, neither the swab, neither putting it in your nose, which makes no sense because your DNA is in your saliva. Why would you go in your nose? If it's not to do something up there. Is PCR... I'm so sorry, I interrupted you. Please go on. No, no, you can go on. I was just going to ask you, is is, is PCR useless for for COVID-19? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's very important. PCR is totally invalid because the amplification cycle it's, it's first it's a research tool for geneticists it's not at all a diagnostic tool it's only the doctor the genome sequencing that can be really scientific pcr is a research tool I called four labs here and i went to see one in switzerland and each of them i asked the ct is the cycle threshold and it's the amplification cycle it's like you take a magnifying glass and it magnifies, magnifies, you know, until you get something. Well, if you take amplification cycle over 25, 35, it is like water. Everything becomes positive and it's false positive 99%. 99% false positive. Even if you diagnose something at 30 or 25 CT, you don't know what it is. You cannot say it's COVID. You have to go in and sequence the genome. So be sure. So it's all fake. The guy who implemented this already tried in 2009, the, the 2010 to bring it with H1N1, and he's called Dr. Gosden. Dr. Fulmish is attacking him for crime against humanity because first he has no PhD, doctor, he's not a doctor. He was at the head of a hospital, La Charité in Germany. He's the one who influenced, not influenced, I think it was really organized. WHO, the drum, make the drumming of this PCR is the only valid test. It's, so we have a pandemic of tests, we have a pandemic of swabs, we don't have a pandemic of COVID-19. But Astrid, the WHO, if I remember correctly, um, they published or they ran with that Drosten paper uh, very quickly. I think it took only like 48 hours to get peer-reviewed and that was at the beginning of 2020. Uh, the which uh, paper? The Drosten, the Corman Drosten paper. Uh, the one against Drosten? No, the one for, for the PCR that, oh. that, that the WHO adopted. Yeah, because well, because it was all the plan. It's, it's very clearly a plan because every country did it at mm. the same time. So for me, that's where we get to this corporation. Right. The corporation agreed that all do the PCR test. It's very important that people understand that it is it is not valid. Um, the only thing is sequencing. So if you read the data, they say that you're you're dead because of COVID, and it's not true because the test is wrong. And there are people you know who have a car accident and they say he's he died from COVID. It's it's not possible. So the whole um, lie is, has created an illusion in the world of people, and they have to take that off. They have to plug off that yeah. 
PCR is wrong, go and get the sequencing or, you know, anti-gene or... They've made it, it's really a crime. Because, see, they, they also say that you don't have any immunity. The only immunity you have is the vaccine. Have changed, the WHO has changed the definition of pandemic, of immunity. Also, only case. immunity is... Hmm? Yeah, and a case. So what? What, what you say? They've changed the definition of immunity. What do they now say it is? Normally, you have two things. It's a natural immunity, which leads to herd immunity. That's what we all had always in centuries, and that's why we live longer and we're okay. They have said in the new definition, and that's just last year. It's very recent. They said that immunity only the immunity is when you have vaccinated enough people get the immunization of the people get the immunization of the population so they want to come to a certain percentage of vaccination say that everybody it can be safe but it doesn't even provide immunity. and that's why oh want i know that's the big that's where people have to wake up it's, it's even worse they want to do a, a passport they then they will keep on wearing the mask and then they will vaccinate them on and on and on until they're dead because or or they're controlled by computers i you know it's it's so so weird because you know that now uh, with the new technology you can transmit information by wi-fi through the internet so the dna in a lab is can be transmitted in a very different way than package it and send it you can look at the work from uh uh, Nobel Prize Montagnier, who, who has worked on this. So this means that you are controlled, you can be controlled by other systems. But, but not you're, if you implement in your body some chips and some nat- some nanotechnology that you don't even know about. Each time you put your swab up, each time you take a vaccine, you don't know what's in the vaccine. There are patents in this vaccine. It's like a GMO. It's yeah. it's, it's changing your DNA. I want to say that here for men and women and young people don't get this vaccine because the high risk of sterility not only about immune reaction with clots you know even airplane pilots can get a clot in in the air because they have had the vaccine so it's it's very highly risky so wait at least that one year (laughs) don't get this from a criminal who has already made a lot of problems in Africa and in India and everywhere yeah, just um, quickly, um, South Africa's um, registration as a corporation um, with mm-hmm. the Securities Exchange Commission is based in the in New York. So there we wow. go. In New York now, that's new. But, uh, in New York, but not in the UN. I don't know. I don't know. But it, uh, I, someone told me now that it's based in New York. That's where the SEC is based. SEC. Security... Uh, the Securities you... Exchange Commission. Exchange Commission. Wow. You see, it's it's um they create a, a tree um, decision tree where it is embedded and embedded in one and then mm. the other. So you have to design the whole system, understand what's going on. It's very interesting in that way. It's like you know, there is another NGO that I invite your your people listening to look at, which is based in Geneva called FIND, F-I-N-D. It has also been uh, organized with people from WHO, conflict of interest, 
and they are responsible of the diagnostic devices internationally. And there are people from WHO in this. So conflict of interest. Even Gavi, the board that was created, there are two people in the United Nations that were on the administrative board. Head of the Human Rights Commission, uh, what's her name, the Irish uh, woman, um, and Tedros, the head of WHO, is one of the member who was part of Gavi. Really? Yes, it's in the administrative registration. When and you look at the registration uh, paper, you have to go and look at the histor histor historical um, components. Who was on the board at that time? And then it is official. You can get it. And so, um, yeah. Jeez, Astrid, so what now? Uh, I, I saw that uh, I saw that last week. Someone sent me the paper, so I saw that. So what now? I mean, it sounds very. <laughs> it sounds like a lost cause. It sounds like the WHO is completely yeah. corrupted. It sounds like Bill Gates and his Gavi organization have got <laughs> immense control, immense power. They're completely untouchable. Uh, they they've got their fingers in every pie. Um, what what? I, I I don't even know what to ask. Like, what happens now? What do we do? What is your view? Uh, well, I, what we are doing now is what we have to do. Uh, what we are doing now is decoding the whole system uh, because it's going to change. I'm I'm very positive because mm. um, we are understanding something that was there since ages. It's not new, and it is like if we go out of slavery some some somewhere. You know, there's even some um, economists who told me, so I'm saying that <laughs> hypothesis, but it's, they say they have the proof, so I don't know how they can, you can, we are, each time we are born, we have a number, this number goes directly to the, the big corporation, that we pay the tax to this corporation. So we have to find this out, because if we find this out, we can reclaim our sovereignty. Then we can live really free without paying tax. Why are we paying taxes? If we are paying taxes to people who are putting our health down, forcing us to be vaccinated, making censorship to you, to me. Uh, <clears throat> so we have to re-question the whole way we are organized and to get away from corruption, conflict of interest, politicization of science, and recreate a, a society that is more human and yeah, it goes, you know, much more high vibe, spiritual, I don't know. It's happening. I think it's happening. And you know what is good is good and bad, but even in your families, you see that some people just don't get it, don't understand what's going on. They're very arrogant, you know. I have, in my family, I have doctors. They're very arrogant because they get vaccinated. And if they get a problem, Maybe they will wake up. You see, so we are there to um, unveil what is has always been there. And I can see that this is getting bigger and bigger. People are understanding that there is something wrong, finally. You know, even my postman, he understands better than <laughs> my nephew, who is a doctor. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's amazing that the consciousness of people is growing very fast and 
I have a lot of hope because I see that there is something going on behind the scene. You have, you know, the, it's the Truman Show, you know, the Truman Show? Mm, um, with Jim Carrey. With Jim Carrey, yeah. Um, there is the scene of what the media is saying, and that's the pro-vaccine, people who want to sell the lie. Pro-mask, pro pro-social distancing. Yes. They have the same logic. So it's very easy to diagnose that. So I always try and see when I read the media, I say, no, this is this is the rhetoric of lie. Then I look at the other media. The other media is very interesting because there is a movement behind the government. Um, normally, there's people, of course, growing up. There's also the police and the army. Some countries has already raised to say there is something wrong. The government is going against the people. So there are forces uh, that are already and have a, there's a war behind the war. <laughs> you know, when I start into this um, topic, I'm always worried that people are going to say she's crazy and <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, they really, if you look at what's going on in the United States, you can see clearly that there are two rhetorics. There is what Biden says, and then there is what General Flynn says, lawyers Linwood, uh, Sidney Powell, and President Trump says. If you decode very well, see very well that Biden has not been inaugurated as a president of the United States with the protocol of the United States. If you look under the Capitol, there was the American flag and under there was a black flag with POW, prisoner of war, and MIA, missing in action. This was not a normal inauguration. Vice Penn did not, the, uh, the Vice President Penn did, did not um, speak. They didn't give the keys of the White House. Nobody was in the White House since then. You can call the White House, there's nobody. <laughs> and, and the flags have kept on being with the fringes yellow. So there is a war behind the war. And you can see that what's going on now in the Canal of Suez, is, is like a game of decoding, of telling people, you want to see, look at what's going to happen, look at what is going on. So, I'm very confident, but I'm also very impatient because it takes time. Mm. And I don't know when it will shift, but uh, in France, for example, uh, this week, um, there were explosions in the, the government house, and the police is much uh, lighter. They don't force people as before. Not so coercive, and you see that it start to be a double language even in the government. So people have to look closely at the other media and at how the, the army and the police is getting organized. And you have to organize your own new community because that's what we're doing with some people. We are starting to create a new agriculture, a uh, passport of your rights. You have no right to force anybody to get vaccinated it's against all fundamental rights um no and create a new society of what you want and when the time will come you will be in the right hands <sighs> what do you think <laughs> no but tell me i am interested <laughs> i look i 
I agree with you. I don't think you're crazy at all. I I I, I say I say very much the same things. So I've had a I lot know, of people like on my <laughs> yes, I've had a lot of people on my podcast who've said the same thing. I don't know if you know former Wall Street banker Catherine Austin Fitz. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she, she very interesting. Yeah, yeah very so interesting. she says exactly what you're saying. Um, it's almost it's almost like it's plagiarism. Um, obviously, yes. I know good. obviously I know Rainer Fulmich, um, and he's and he's joining me again in two weeks' time or three weeks' time uh, to give me an update on that legal case that I believe that you are part of. Oh, Fulmich or, or yeah, the Fulmich. Canadian Fulmich? Yeah, um, I'm kind of I'm kind of there. I'm not part of that. Uh, yet, anyway, I'm ready to collaborate. I've said it openly mm. on uh, what I know what to do, and it's the international um, analysis with public health. But I'm um, expert for a uh, case of Quebec. It's in Canada, so I um, have done um, you know 80 pages more of uh, expertise for public health measures and the international um, evidence shows that the measures are not not valid, not justified, nothing is justified and, um, and they're going against the people because the measures are going against the health of people, not going for the health. It's disempowering them and the, the businesses are closing and going bankrupt and uh, so it's an attack on the government to stop the measures immediately, stop PCR immediately. And that's what I'm asking each time. Stop PCR, it doesn't work. Even WHO said it. There is a post in WHO saying that the PCR needs to have CTs that are, are correct, but they don't say how much, and they don't say it's wrong. But this is also intentionally, you know, fishy, but it is there. They have made a medical product alert, and it's written, you cannot write it smaller. Sure. You imagine? It's, it's on 7th of December and 20th of January. And it's, it's, it's anyway. No, I think um, it's going to change. Uh, I see signs also in Switzerland a bit. I'm a bit, uh, I think it's going to take time for people to heal from all this. Because you imagine the shock that some people are going to have if we don't prepare them for what is possible. It's that things are changing completely. It's freedom. Um, people who got vaccinated have to heal and get this out of their body before they have problems. Look, I've kept you. I've kept you longer than you promised, but I have to ask you a very important question, um, Astrid. I mean, you are a doctor with a phenomenal um, background. Um, I <laughs> let me just ask go, you the question. Ahead. Let me just ask you the question. Does COVID nineteen exist? <laughs> very good question. Next. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, um. I would say uh, the SARS-CoV-2 existed because there was a virus called SARS-CoV-2. You can look at the sequence of the genome. It has mutated already 300 times in June last year. The Iceland, um, <clears throat> Iceland is doing the best genomic research on the population since uh, a long time. They have a great pool, 300 mutations. Now, 1,500 mutations. Uh, Professor Raoult in France has studied very closely with the genome, Human Genome Effort Coalition. So this, this exists. It had symptoms they called COVID-19 in the spring of 2020. There were people who had 
an explosion of cytokine storms and were very badly treated because they did not have access to the right treatment, which is normal. First time you have a severe flu, there are cases that you have to find out what it is. The problem is that the autopsy were forbidden. They did not do the autopsy, so they didn't know what it was. So it was it was uh, not recommended by WHO. <laughs> They're also forbidden here, just so you know. Oh, no. Still today? As far as I know, yes. Uh, you, yeah, but you they, see, they're, is, they're treated as biohazards. It's unjustified. Ebola, yes, but not this. It's not Ebola. It has mutated. So you see the, the argumentation is... No, but you're saying the virus has, sorry, you're saying the virus has mutated, right? So a lot of people in the comments say that the virus hasn't been isolated. So how do you know that it exists? Now it has, it doesn't exist anymore. Oh. (laughs) Because the PCR is wrong. Plug off PCR. I'm taking away the PCR in my brain. So it's like um, you have, Everybody has been programmed with a PCR. Everybody has been programmed with statistics with the wrong data, a wrong diagnosis. Take this away, you start all over again 2020, reanalyze everything. There was SARS-CoV. There was a flu, there was a curve. Yes. It did not kill more people. Everything else can be attributed to other things. Because when, for example, with old people, there is polymorbidity is, is a given, you know. When you're older, you get more and more chronic diseases. When you may, when you die, which is normal, there's no, not with a flu, it happens every year, you can have three death causes. You put the first one, it's maybe pneumonia or the flu. In this case, they have COVID everything, 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 even if the person was not tested. The test is wrong. When I hear the word test, I say, get it out of the window. Talk about sequencing the genome. Just talk about sequencing the genome. Anything else is wrong. It's wrong. Even when you, even if you apply the PCR with the CT cycle low, you don't know it, what it is. You can look at page 37, 39 of the CDC report on PCR, uh, July, 13th of July, 2020, and even in January, they had already posted the CDC excellent report. It is called Limitations of the Test and Quality Control. Every time you use a PCR, you should do quality control with what are you studying. And the limitation says, it doesn't. we cannot use the test to make a diagnosis that is certain of, because we don't know if it's a bacteria, a virus, or antibodies from old Sickness. So, you see, take away completely the PCR. It was a flu. What it was, it was a pandemic of information about a test that's wrong. It was a pandemic of censorship. It was a pandemic mm-hmm. of forbidding the best treatment possible. And also, uh, you know, the, there is a very interesting uh, germ theory. Germ theory. That a virus is actually, it is not alive. It is like a cleaning up of the body. Exosome. And yeah, and, and that people who are not as healthy or have had other vaccines, uh, they will have a much bigger effect. Uh, with this is a very good book called The Invisible Rainbow, uh, who is correlating 
every time we change technology of vibration and electromagnetics, there is a pandemic. It's worldwide at the same time. So if you take a real uh, epidemic, normally it should go from one country to the other and the other. <laughs> but some say by analyzing uh, different pandemics, it was, you know, due to radiation in um, for the pandemic, uh, the Spanish flu. Now it's linked to the 5G. This is also very interesting to look at. So are we raising our vibration electromagnetically? If you look at the Earth Schumann resonance data since 2014, it has raised to 36 hertz. I mean, I'm not a geobiologist, but it's enormous. The vibration of Earth has really raised vibration, the resonance, Schumann resonance. I'm getting out of my topic, but it's really fascinating. No, <laughs> it, it it is fascinating. And I, I really don't want to keep you too much longer and, and bore everybody. Um, but I yeah. <laughs> I can't stop I, I can't I, I can't stop talking to you because it's it really is intriguing. But Astrid <laughs> so you didn't really answer my question, but I think I okay. could read between it's the again. lines. Say it again. I, I, I agree that you can yeah, well I asked you know, does COVID nineteen exist? And you, you kind of, we weren't, you weren't oh, certain. Oh no, but no, it's not this. It's I, I have to be clear. Um, COVID nineteen is the name for the symptoms. SARS-CoV two is the scientific name of the virus. But COVID nineteen is just the name, of the symptoms. The symptoms were not the same for everybody. So I. I think there was a flu that you can call COVID-19 in the spring 2009, 2020, but I think it started before. And some people died and some don't. It was traumatic for some people and I never want to uh, diminish the suffering and, and death of anyone because otherwise you get, I get this criticism. It's not about that. It's about the thing that it has, it is gone. It's not, it is just a flu. Now, this SARS-CoV-2 has to be analyzed, like we analyzed the SARS-CoV-1. And this has not yet been done. It's it's, it's gone. <laughs> but now they're, they're preparing another pandemic, if we don't stop them. They're saying there's COVID-19 that is that. It's, it's a game. It's a horrible game. For people who want to change the brains of people into an illusion the constant illness going on in the world but and that's i mean what is happening then um i mean astrid you can't you can't deny the fact that there are some really weird deaths occurring i know here in south africa for example we had we had this weird mm -hmm. kind of hospital situation now like doing okay. during january when yeah. when we otherwise normally wouldn't it, oh okay Oh, very interesting. And and that's well, happening now in Brazil. We 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 we've seen now apparently that there's been a spike in strange deaths occurring in Brazil. What then? What is going on then? Okay, correlation with vaccines. First, first analyze analyzes. You have to see the correlation with the vaccination. That's why they want to vaccinate so quickly, because that the vaccine creates an epidemic. You see. No, <laughs> you see, I, I'll give you an example that's known in the history of epidemics. <clears throat> your melitis, you know, the, the epidemic, and the, it was endemic in some regions. When it was eradicated, 
came with a vaccine of polio and they, they did the vaccine and it created a new epidemic because you are shooting in the body it's it's really it's um in duration it is really getting in your body strains of whatever you want to put in the body who is controlling who is controlling the vaccines in the world bill gates nobody because oh. you know they're not even responsible of the deaths they are creating uh, yes i see what you mean so if you take the people who are there uh, <coughs> sell the vaccine and to do some crime against humanity it's a perfect crime you come you take your strain you create and you say oh you see there's a new epidemic you have to link this to the vaccine and as long as we have a wrong test and we don't have genome sequencing before and after the vaccine look at what happened look at what is going on in this in this vaccine because they are doing studies that are not even finished have not even been tested on animals it's experimental world welcome the Kobe 2021 and plus people who get the vaccine obeys danger I have to say this what happened in um, Israel. It's a case study that a doctor reported to me. <clears throat> the husband did not, the husband wanted to get the vaccine. The wife who was pregnant said, no, I'm not going to get it. Guy got, went to get the vaccine, came back home. And the problem is he, he was sick. He transmitted the strain to the, his, his wife by making love and kissing you can change the DNA and she died in three days with a baby and this is like in one week this means that the vaccine and people who have had a shot and transmit what the shot they had this is dramatic so it means that now I'm I'm saying that to you know I'm in groups of doctors and lawyers and and we are trying to help the population uh, the best we can uh, so now what we have to do is do a population of who has got the vaccine who got the vaccine who did not get it it's because i want to know who who i'm meeting <laughs> you know and i think that for a long time there's going to be no relationship with people you don't know unless you know if they had the vaccine or not mm. because it's too risky now to be with someone who had the vaccine and you didn't. So the healthy is in danger of not getting healthy, uh, losing its healthiness because someone had a vaccine in the family or it's, this is the most worrying. I think it goes, even the geneticist I know, you know, that I'm working with, uh, Dr. Alexandra Orion, he says, I'm not sure if you are contagious once you got the vaccine and you're sick. So you, you see the, the, the humanity we are creating, it's going to be a humanity of those who really want to stay in their own health and their own body. Sovereignty. don't want to have an integration. Yeah, no integration of strains you don't know. The vaccine is is almost a, vi a raping of with, with a strain, you see. Even the thing in the nose is already symbolically very invasive. So, yeah, that's yeah. sure. Um, okay, Astrid, I have to let you go, but because uh, we, I've, okay. I've had you for much, much longer than you promised. Um, 
it, oh, no, it's, okay. it's a fascinating conversation. But I have to ask you one last question. Sure. You've got a crystal ball in front of you. What do you see? <laughs> very good. Yeah, yeah, very good questions. Um, okay, I see. I'm going to take the positive thing first. Or anyway, um, I see that it's fascinating what's going on when you're not worried of what's going on. This means you take your health in hand, you breathe, you are free, you really feel your freedom. Um, Jean-Paul Sartre, who was a very, you, you know him, he's a philosopher, cynical philosopher of France. Um, he said, he, he loved to talk about absurdity. And he said that during the Second World War, he's never felt so free. Wow. <laughs> because the, the fact that you have to take your position in society because it's so polarized, it's so messy, you are you feel your freedom much more of your position. Mm. So in that way, there is an incredible chance for freedom of consciousness. And the people who have always been a bit like sheep, we call them, uh, are going to be facing themselves who they are and how they are. But you finding out who you are by even what you're doing now, finding out who you are. It's never been so powerful, right? Mm. So that's one thing. The other thing is for being like 30 years, 25 years with medicine and doctors and faculty of medicine and always talking, you know, second part of my life, I was much more on preventive medicine, anti-aging, it's called sometimes regenerative medicine. Before pediatric medicine, it's predictive, preventive, personalized, and participative, 4 p.m. And I can see that the quantum medicine coming up, bioacoustics, bioresonance, electromagnetic uh, body. You have an electromagnetic body like everybody else. Every electron is plus minus in your body. The cells have transmitters. And when you do um, a, a cardiac uh, electrocardiogram, it's called electrocardiogram, electroencephalogram. We even have um, IRM SCAT scan that are called electromagnetic uh, scan. And we have the power now to find more and more. You can heal people the vibration level. And the herbs, the artesemia is very good against COVID. Um, you have lots of herbs in South Africa. Um, uh, supplements, vitamin C, B, um, zinc zinc sorry <laughs> zinc and all this is the new medicine and the medicine that has been hidden for a, a century this is coming up and this is fantastic what's going on now in the field of medicine is that we have to review everything we do education of children what do we want to learn in school you want to know how to live and not just to worry all the time about money or this and that so we are in a new society and we have the power to create really something beautiful. And that is what I see. There is something there that is emerging that we have never seen before. A lot of revelation are coming up from America has promised to declassify the quantum medicine file, Tesla file, Tesla, you know, what everything he did. Uh, also, all the extraterrestrial uh, life that has been hidden, and all the Antarctica and all this. They are very interesting files. Many people know and never 
get access to. So when I look at this, it's the, my bowl of crystal is beautiful. On the other side, a lot of people will disappear. And I think there will be a big washing of all the institutions we've known until now. Everything, is, a lot is going to change. And I would invite everybody to be ready for change. Just, you know, be good in yourself because everything can shift. Everything can change. Things that you believed for ages suddenly, it's not what you thought. But you have to have a sense of humor, you know, uh, cosmic comedy. <laughs> I mm. call it like that. Uh, you have to be really, you know, live happy with who you are and, and your family because things are going to change like a theater. And if you're ready, if you have a good um, in psychology, you say, if you have a good sense of control, uh, locus of control, you're, you you are the parameter that is in the center of yourself. It's not somebody else deciding for you who you are. You're you're good. You're going to live very happily with this. Mm. So um, in that way, have um, I'm happy uh, that things are going to go well. But you have to be ready to have losses, and you're not responsible for the decision that other people take. This is what I learned with my family. You know, As have the right is... of expression. And that they is, have the right to choose. Not all are those, but that is an incredible uh, uh, vision into your crystal ball, and I really appreciate. Sure, okay, I have to let you go, um, Astrid. I will stay in touch with you. Um, I want to sure. get I want to get a couple documents from you to put onto my website, so uh, you will hear from me. But thank you sure. so much for your time. Looking at You're the welcome. comments, thank you for inviting me. No, it's I a must great tell pleasure. You, you're the first podcast in English. I accepted. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm. Because I have kept myself from going in the English uh, international. I did it with filmish. I didn't even know I was uh, filmed. Looked so natural, I guess. Uh. Um, well, <laughs> so you're well, the first one. Well, he, yeah. Well, he he put me on to you, um, and I'm very I'm very grateful for that. Um, and looking at the comments, um, lots mm -hmm. and lots and lots of people who are watching absolutely loved listening to what you're saying it resonated with them so i uh, i really appreciate your time astrid thanks i'm really happy to do that really it's a pleasure all right my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas if you enjoyed this podcast please visit supportgerm.com